There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to Switched On Pop. I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. Nate, I want to play for you one of the most iconic vocal performances of all time. Give it to me, Chuck. The blues brought us to rights and right <laughs> Any thoughts on this remarkable performance of the Star Spangled Banner by Maya Rudolph? Iconic. It's virtuosic. It's it's diva esque. It uh, y- y- you know, is everything you want to hear from a national anthem performance. Yeah, we've got Maya Rudolph on SNL, obviously mocking the way in which many have performed the national anthem, which we just heard this Super Bowl Sunday with a remarkable performance from the great Reba McIntyre. Mm. And I thought that this would give us an opportunity to look back at some of the most over-the-top performances of the National Anthem, which is fun for us because actually, I don't know if you recall, our seventh episode ever was about the history of the song. I remember it well, Charles. We talked about its origins as a British drinking song, yep. the the hymn to Anacreon. To Anacreon in heaven. And we discussed its transformation by a series of path-breaking artists over the course of the 20th century. We're talking about Jose Feliciano in the 1960s. Marvin Gaye in the 1980s. Whitney Houston in the 1990s. It's a far cry from what Francis Scott Key composed back in the early 1800s. It's really transformed into something else today. Yeah, because traditionally the song would have been performed more formally and conservatively before the 1960s, which is a time of great social upheaval, cultural change. I think that's probably because, you know, the national anthem has a code of conduct. You're supposed to, if you're in the military or a veteran, salute the flag. Mm. As citizens, we're asked to stand at attention, remove our hats, and put our hands to our hearts. Uh, Yet, in the 1960s and uh, throughout time, pop stars have decided to put their own flair on this national song. And so, given the timing of the Super Bowl, I thought it'd be fun to revisit and think about who has performed the national anthem most creatively. Who is the biggest diva, essentially, is what we're asking. Yeah, exactly. Who's the biggest diva? All right. So to help us answer that question, I have brought along data journalists from The Pudding who have asked just this question. Who has given the most chutzpah, given the most diva performance of all time of the national anthem? Please welcome Jan Deem. Hi, all. And Michelle McGee. Hi. So you've all done a comprehensive study of contemporary performances of the national anthem. Other than Maya Rudolph on SNL, is there one that stands out from all the rest as the greatest diva performance? It's absolutely Shaka Khan. It's from the 2020 NBA All-Star Game. Oh, say, can you see? She is just all over the place. The notes are up. down and she takes each phrase and makes it her own okay that's beautiful i mean wildly creative plays with the pitches goes all over the places but also just like you know really well done performance This is just one of nearly 200 performances that you have cataloged and created what you call a diva score. Can you explain what this is and how you did it? Yes. So 
The Diva score attempts to quantify the distance between a given performance and a very standard no-frills performance. Mm. So we have a recording of like the notes in the most basic way you can imagine. And then we have all these other performances who are doing all these different things. From all of these performances, we've extracted like the pitch data, so sort of the frequency over time. And you can imagine a line that's going up and down with whether they're singing higher and lower. And we have basically these shapes that the performers are making with these different phrases they're singing. We've then used some fancy data thing called dynamic time warping, which allows us to basically compare these these shapes to each other and get like a distance between them. Ooh, hmm. So if they're singing very different notes than the standard, they'll get a higher score. And if they're singing notes that are very similar to the standard, they'll get a lower score. It's sort of a similarity score, a difference score. But we've named it the diva score. Could also be thought of as like a chaos metric (laughs) of like how different are you from a very basic performance. Melodically is kind of the key there because obviously there's also a time element of like They might be singing at different tempos, but what this particular statistical tool, the dynamic time warping, does is it kind of neutralizes the time component. So it's just looking like, is the melodic shape you're making similar or different from the standard, regardless of if like you're singing it a little bit faster or a little bit slower? This is an incredibly meticulous, painstaking method to to basically quantify how extra someone is being in their performance (laughs) of the national anthem. And And to be clear, I appreciate it. I think this is an important statistical (laughs) breakthrough that you're offering. Thank you, yeah. Okay, and so what we're talking about when you say diva score, we're talking about deviation from the norm. There was a standard performance, which is the set of pitches that was established by the national anthem and the amount that you deviate from it, no matter how well you deviate from it. Correct. There are lots of things this doesn't measure. It doesn't measure creativity. It it purely measures deviation from the norm melodically, which does surface some really interesting, like, crazy, like, fun and good and bad, all sorts of different, like, subjective feelings we can get from the performances. But they're definitely chaotic. Okay, so you've taken performances since the 1970s from major events like national holidays, sporting events, political events like inaugurations, RNC, DNC, these kind of places. And you have run them through your magical data wizardry that we don't fully understand, but I'm going to trust you there. And you've discovered that the biggest diva is Shaka Khan. But maybe another way of thinking about this performance is to do a line-by-line analysis of who is the most diva in each line of Mm. the national anthem, right? So you've separated the Star Spangled Banner into its 16 key phrases Hmm. and isolated the vocals from all the background cheering and noise. We'll hear a little bit of digital artifacting in these clips. And what I want to do is listen through each phrase and find the most diva moments that we can identify. Beginning with... Course number one. Oh, say, can you see? What should we expect to hear at the beginning? I think it's going to be pretty tame. You know, the the real mm. fireworks mm. of the anthem don't come until you get to that line of like the bombs bursting in air. Mm. There's a very you know kind of it tracks. It's just a mirror of what people are saying. And so the oh, say, can you see is maybe a little bit timid or cautious, hopeful. But it's probably, you know, it's it's one of the lower diva scores overall. Okay, this makes sense. You have to respect the material and introduce it as people know it before you can go all over the place. I grabbed two examples from your database. One is Hunter Hayes at the World Series in 2016. Oh, say, can you see? Pretty standard. I hear in the O a little bit of extra pitch information. Put a little sauce on it. Oh, say. Whoa. Yeah. What was that, Charlie? (laughs) We can't get through this conversation without having to give your best imitations of the the performance. (laughs) I call Fergie because it'll be easy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is Fergie's infamous performance from the 2018 NBA All-Star Game. Oh, say. Can you see Okay, she gives us a couple of notes at the end that are 
kind of correct. The beginning is a mess. Say is definitely like flat or whatever. You know, it's not in tune, but she's following the shape. Right, right. If if we were to chart the standard shape, what the sheet music says, it's like, you know, we start somewhere, we go down to, and then we go up a couple. That's the shape that she's taking as well, generally. So pretty much everyone gets a pretty low diva score for this phrase. It's rare that someone is like significantly deviating here. Hmm. With one exception, of course, which is Shaka Khan from the NBA All-Star Game from 2020, which we heard earlier. Right. Oh, say, can you see? Ooh, Shaka. Get it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so most people keeping it tame. Shaka's going to just blow our mind all throughout the performance. Let's go to line two. By the dawn's early light. I'm assuming we're still at the beginning of the song, by the dawn's early light. Not too much creativity. What are we going to hear? Same deal. I think the first two phrases especially are pretty tame. The one that does surface to the top, I believe Anthony Hamilton's 2019 NBA All-Star Game performance also gets the highest score for this phrase in particular. He like his he just like really changed the melody like mm. so he so it's makes sense that he would get a very different score. He's kind of ad-libbing out into the distance, far away from the original notes. By the dawn's early light. That's just a different melody. Yeah, it's nice. It's just it's a it's a far away interpretation, which would get you a okay. high deviation score. Okay, so he gives us the biggest diva score for line two, but I want to play one particularly notable performance. I think Chris Stapleton just gives a lovely take of By the Dawn's Early Light at the Super Bowl 2023. A little blues note in there. He kind of scoops up uh, into each note. Nice little vibrato. A little diva-esque. That scoop is something that you'll see kind of a lot in the data, especially for country stars. Uh, mm. Stapleton, you know, has the scoop. And sometimes um, on female country stars, there'll be kind of like a little vocal cry at the end that you'll hear. Just a little voice break. Okay, let's look for the scoop and the vocal cry. These are key elements in being a diva. Country diva, Charlie. Or it's a kind of a cool thing that you can see, basically, because we are like charting the pitch, basically. Sometimes there are these like weird shapes and you're like, why is that happening? And it's oh, okay, they're kind of creating this high frequency for a second and then, like, dropping down or starting low and scooping up. Ooh, okay. Kind of like an Alanis Morissette-style yodel. I feel like Mm. country stars will sometimes give us that. So, uh, ooh, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Or, whoa. So are you scooping up or scooping down? All right, let's see what we hear on line three. What so proudly we hailed. I'm assuming proud and hailed could uh, give us some great opportunities for creative interpretation. Let's check out Luke Bryan's performance from Super Bowl 2017, see if we get any of that country scoop. Mm. What so proudly we Nice. Tasteful. Nate, do you detect any scoop? Uh, I'm not sure about the scoop factor, but definitely putting uh, his own spin on the hailed, right? Mm-hmm. Hailed. Given it Ooh. like... That was great. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you, Michelle. <laughs> adding adding uh, some extra notes there. So so he's. I, I feel like that's a bit of that's a you know bit of a deviation. Mm-hmm. As the resident southerner here, there's a little bit of scoop in there on the pronunciation <laughs> of that uh, what. So it's yeah, like I heard I heard it just on what? that one when yeah. you go like white uh-huh. or whale or <laughs> what like you're really late. what scooping into it. Whitney. <laughs> wherewithal. <laughs> it's there. You just got to know what you're listening for. What so proudly we What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll hear it a lot in the next phrase, actually. Okay, before we check out line four and the big scoopers, I definitely would like to listen to one of uh, the latest performances uh, of Fantasia singing at the College Football National Championships in 2024. I feel like the way that she sings hailed is just lovely. Which so proudly we No, Fantasia, man, she's just having a year. Like, really getting her come up from American Idol era. 
Nate, what do you, what do you think stands out about that performance? Well, she's taking it one step further than Luke Bryan because Luke Bryan gave us hailed. He gave us these extra notes that descended downward. Fantasia then brings it back up. Hailed. So it's like down up. Mm. Taking even more liberties, doing a similar thing to Luke Bryan, but then like taking even further. It's lots of sauce, mayonnaise and mustard. <laughs> I feel like this is a good example of where the performance is trying to match the words. When she sings proudly, you can hear the pride come through in the vibrato. There's lots of other creative approaches to the national anthem. I think we're going to hear many of them where you're like, I don't know why you're making that choice right now, but these choices, mm. they, they work for me. Mm-hmm. Important consideration, yeah. Which so proudly we Obviously, in contrast to the much-cited famous performance of Fergie at the NBA All-Stars, maybe a little bit too proud. What's so proudly we There's a fine line between pride and overconfidence. (laughs) (laughs) But not not deviating, as... as Jana Michelle pointed out, it's like she's yeah, it's pretty, she's hitting all the all the notes you expect. She's just she's in the notes. She's got that cry. You can kind of hear the cry mm. at the beginning of each of those descending notes, but uh, it's I don't like know. hitting the notes around the notes. <laughs> <laughs> she's aiming for the proper notes. It's That's rough hearing those isolated vocals. You can really yeah, you're very exposed. Yeah. All right, moving on. Number four at the twilight's last gleaming. You say this is the site of the big scoopers. Let's listen to John Legend from the NBA All-Stars 2013 and see what he's scooping up. At the twilight last gleaming. A little bit of scoop. I think Scotty, I remember Scotty McCreary Uh being like the king of scoop. All right, Scotty McCreary, World Series 2011. At the twilight's last <laughs> You found him. Oh, oh, man. That was a double scoop. And once again, one of the super divas, Anthony Hamilton. At the twilight's last gleaming. Bluesy, I like it. This song seems to give everybody the opportunity to have a, a little bit of a southern vibe mm-hmm. going. Twilight. Yeah. You little twang and scoop at the same time on Twilight. Chris Stapleton, what say you? At the Let's keep moving through this song. Yeah, we're only a quarter of the way through this. I feel like we're we've got a lot of uh, <laughs> embellishments to get through here. Yeah, this is definitely the, the least deviation quarter. It's just going to exponentially increase from here. I think actually this next phrase has a really has our biggest one yet. If you play Aretha Franklin's, whose broad stripes and bright stars. Here's Aretha Franklin, 1993 World Series. (laughs) Shut up. STFU, that was... I got to hear that one more time, Charles. Michelle, if, if I remember correctly, you're not just a data journalist, but you also have experience playing a horn. Um, Yeah. We played the saxophone. D- doesn't are you catching any sort of like horn-like vibe that sort of like climbing up and down the scale? Yeah, I like that parallel. She's really like using the instrument of the voice, like going up there. Mm. Yeah, it does almost sound kind of like a, a sax. It's so hard to do what she just did. That that is. I don't like... want to even try. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Aretha is the bar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Aretha is the bar. Okay, uh, I feel like this line also sets up the opportunity for some real strong text painting, where we align the words and the music. Uh, the words broad stripes and bright stars, you know, you can get really creative with them. Uh, how about Usher at the NBA Finals in 2015? Whose stripes and bright stars? I like that one. Like, we get it, Usher. You're a star. You, you, you can give it a little extra a little little spiciness there. Make, make it bright. Mm-hmm. A little twinkle. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like he was channeling a little bit of Marvin Gaye's 1980s All-Star Game performance right there. Totally. You can hear a lot of that one, like, showing up, those riffs showing up in different places later on. Oh, interesting. broad stripes and bright stars. 
So that's cool, too, because it's like with certain of these lines, they might be referencing previous iconic performances. Marvin Gaye, I imagine Whitney Houston in, in the, what, the 1991 Super Bowl. With, I, I, I feel like these probably run through many of the interpretations of the national anthem that we'll encounter. For sure. All right, let's keep on going through number six, through the perilous fight. You all picked as the most diva in this moment, Jasmine Sullivan singing at the World Series in 2022. Through the fight. Whew. Slight correction, which is that she didn't receive like the highest diva score. We just like picked her as like our favorite, basically. Mm. Yeah. Wait, so there's some discrepancy here. Like that performance feels like huge diva vocal, but it's not is it i mean yeah she's definitely deviating and she gets a decently high diva score but it's not the top there are people who are doing more chaotic things but i think this is an example to me this is just my personal favorite performance of the data set mm. and i think it's very creative i like it for all these like subjective reasons there's an issue here that if if you are sticking to the pitches as written but you're giving them some extra vibrato a little melisma here and there you might be less deviating than maybe shaka khan or anthony hamilton who are just kind of creating their own melodies from the original and 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 so jasmine sullivan is maybe more respectful of the original material even though it's a highly creative performance let's see what happens when things start to really blow up in the national anthem, we're going to line number seven or the ramparts we watched. Important question. What are ramparts? You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Professor? Uh, it's a street in L.A. that I uh, drive on sometimes to get Chinese food. I think it's like military barracks, kind of, maybe? Yes, Defensive wall. A defensive wall. I, I, I think I did know that, actually. But I didn't yeah. want to say okay. it and be wrong. So thanks, Jan. So what's happening over the ramparts? Let's hear how it is interpreted by Jewel at the NBA All-Star 2023. A very diva performance. Oh, the ramparts we Whoa. She, like, flies over yeah. the ramparts. I, I don't know if I... That was very unique. Like... You come to hear certain riffs repeatedly and you can kind of recognize right. them or expect them. Yeah. That, I don't know how much I like it necessarily, but it's definitely unique and original. Very, uh, like, folking it up a little totally. bit. Totally. She, she was given, like, a, like almost like an Irish uh, uh, singer-songwriter yes. vibe there. If I had to predict mm -hmm. how Jewel would sing it, that would be pretty close. Like, I'm like, <laughs> you know, you can pinpoint, like, that's 100% Jewel. And I think, like, that's another thing is that, you know, we've listened to over 100-plus hours of anthems. Mm. And wow. so it all bleeds <laughs> into each other. You know, you think you'd get tired of it, but the little bits like that that are unique keep you kind of, like, coming back and being like, oh, I can hear this a different way than I've heard it my entire life. Mm. Yeah, it's so strange that I'll be humming it as like a little medley of all the different ones and my favorite version of each phrase or whatever. Like, it's just like in my brain. Each one is a refreshing take on it. And, you know, maybe if you're confused about uh, some of these lines and you want to give it your own spin, uh, sometimes you can really take it uh, out of the park. Like Christina Aguilera at the Super Bowl in 2011. <laughs> Supposed to be, or the ramparts <laughs> yeah. we watched. What happened? I mean, we see this a couple times where it's the mirror of the first half where we said, but so proudly we hailed. Now we say, or the ramparts we watched. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people double back by accident or kind of forget where they are. Eric Burton's performance, I believe, does the same thing where he just goes straight back to what so proudly we hailed for the second time. What so proudly we so, I don't know, it's nerve-wracking up there, probably. It's hard to remember all the things, but it is kind of funny. No doubt, yeah. Yeah, Eric Burton did get a bunch of flack for messing up the lyrics at his 2022 World Series performance. Okay, we've arrived. Here we are. Number eight, we're so gallantly streaming. Gallantly streaming. What a great opportunity for creative vocal approaches, and maybe no better than T. 
T-Pains at a LA Dodgers game back in 2015, which ranks very high on your Diva score. Or so gallantly streaming. Ooh, T-Pain. And T-Pain's entire performance is kind of filled with these little gems, you know. Take huh. the auto-tune away and, mm. man, this is what you get. Absolutely. I, he, he really takes that melody in his own in his own direction, but not in a way that uh, is distracting. It just gives, I mean, Nate, you literally came out and was like, whoa. Yeah, it's like Michelle and Jan were pointing out earlier. Some of these reinterpretations are so surprising that they kind of stop you in your tracks a little bit. All right, we've made it halfway through, and this is where things are truly going to explode right after the break. Who is the biggest diva? There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. And we've arrived when the rockets go off and explode and the rockets red glare, line number nine. I'm assuming things are going to get big here. Do you have any particular performance you'd like to call out? Steven Tyler. That's what I was thinking too. Okay. Okay, here's Steven Tyler at the Indianapolis 500 in 2001. And the (laughs) rockets This is so hard to sing. It's so it's so high. Yeah, this is mind blowing. Most of the women sing it in the key of F sharp. Uh-huh. And that's kind of like that's the most common key in our data set. That's what Whitney sang it in in 1991, I believe. That's like mm. I feel like that's kind of what you you're aiming for as like a female diva and like some people go like a whole step or a half step below, but like F sharp is kind of like very dominant. There are a couple people who go higher including Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler is singing this in G, is singing this a half step above the like <laughs> most common like female diva key that like Dina Menzel is singing it in. That's wow. wild. <laughs> like B flat, the B flat <laughs> below that F sharp is the most common key for the men in our data set to be singing mm. this in. And he's like almost a full octave above them. Yeah, your data points out that some male performers are going to give themselves a lot of room by choosing a much lower key so that by the time they reach this high moment, they're not going to break their voice. Uh, For example, Trace Adkins sings as low as the key of D at the RNC 2020. And the rocket's red glare. Which might help his performance, but maybe doesn't actually help the emotion of this moment because it doesn't feel like it's exploding like Steven Tyler, you, you mentioned a number of the the female divas. Uh, I think one that really stood out for me on your diva score was uh, Patti LaBelle at the World Series in 2008. Yeah. Whoa. That's the highest key in our data set. That's in the that's in the key of A. Woo. Way to go, Patty. So that's a whole step above Steven Tyler's, step and a half above the standard F sharp. Wow. And she takes it up, like, then she's holding out the notes. It's it's wild. Amazing. All right, let's do it. The bomb's bursting in air. Mm-hmm. Phrase 10. All right, who should we listen to? Maybe Shaka Khan, because she gets the top diva spot for this phrase. Wow, that just kept going. (laughs) I feel like her performance is the closest to the spirit of the Maya Rudolph performance, which is like, (laughs) can we do as many things as possible in as condensed a space as possible? It borders to me on like unnecessary, but, you know, it's it's definitely entertaining. Shaka's score is, you know, that beautiful moment where the quantitative data, so the numbers of the diva score match the qualitative or like how your heart feels when you're listening to a uh, phrase. That's wonderful. Yeah, I feel like the way that she's singing about the bombs bursting in the air, it almost sounds like that 
kind of sound. The bombs bursting in <laughs> I, she's also singing this a cappella, I believe. And so mm. that probably contributes to her higher divaness because she's milking everything possible out of every phrase. There's no band behind her that she needs to like stick with. So that, that actually makes it pretty different from some of the others mm. where they just don't have as much time to like mm. add mm. this. Whereas she'll take these phrases like seven seconds longer than they would normally if there was some sort of backing track. Okay, so the piece here goes from the relatively explosive bombs bursting in air to a much simpler, calm phrase. Line 11 gave proof through the night. Despite the simplicity of this downward motion stepping down the scale, this is also a key moment in your analysis, looking at people who have performed the national anthem multiple times. This is a key moment that we can identify if someone is creative and a diva in their own right every single time they perform it, or if they kind of do the same thing every time. And you specifically call out Demi Lovato. Yeah, so... Each time, it's, like, pretty different from the next, which is cool. Like, she does it in different keys and does different riffs on different parts. This phrase, I think, showcases that pretty well. And there's one point where she takes proof, just like, I can't even do it because it's Demi. But, you know, really high and then kind of back down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to play this. Ooh. Yeah, that one I think gets the wow. <laughs> near the top diva score for that fra- from all the performances. But she doesn't do that every time. Like there are other huh. in their other ones, they're like more subdued. In contrast to someone like Carrie Underwood, who really stood out as we were listening as someone who sings it like basically the exact same way each time. Copy paste. Like we have four performances of her. And you can see in the lines of like the pitch, they're just such similar shapes. And it's really interesting. So we did this extra little analysis of like comparing singers to themselves and giving them a sort of intra performer diva score of like how similar are they to themselves when they re-sing the songs. The same way she like comes into each note. It's like very exactly the same. Through the night, like making the have kind of like these two little beats and like it's like exactly, Mm. exactly the same. All right. So here's an opportunity coming into the final third of the song. Are you getting creative? Are you keeping it simple? And let's see what folks do on line 12 that our flag was still there. Let's check out, for example, Beyonce's performance at the 2013 inauguration. Jen. Yeah, I mean, I was actually lucky enough to be at this performance. Mm. So this was one of those ones Whoa. that's like super close to me uh, and just remembering the feeling of it. And I think the word flag here is key, right? It, because the inauguration, the flags flying, this is the phrase that like really hits home. So it's rare that the inauguration is one of those moments or at least one of the events that has high diva scores because it's usually restrained and a little bit more pomp and circumstance mm. than Uh, you know, regular sporting events. But in our top diva score for this phrase, there's two inaugurations. There's this Beyonce one, uh, and then years later, Lady Gaga's. Here's Lady Gaga from the 2021 inauguration. That our flag was still there. Not very diva, but very impressive. Yeah. And I mean, following the sort of similar melodic arc that Beyonce had taken with it in 2013, But contextually, the emotional power of the flag still being there, this is in January 2021, and in people's mind is probably still the insurrection that had happened at the Capitol. And so the flag still being there in this moment uh, of performance, I think, takes on a great, uh, a much greater meaning. I guess rather than drop down and... Uh, yeah, it's all an octave up, which is and why... And our flag yeah. was still there. Rather than dropping down, she keeps going, and our flag was still there. It's like, oh, that's yeah. um, mm. very emphatic. That's the key thing that's giving them <laughs> high scores because they're creating this distance of like an octave from what yeah, the standard yeah. melody would be. This is sometimes like a moment, I feel like, to like catch your breath a little bit and like, you know, you went a little 
hard in the last couple of phrases. This one's just like, was still there in the regular thing. And then you're going to go hard on the next one. But I feel like in the inaugurations, like Jan said, they tend to be more tame, more more conservative, more traditional. Mm. And like this, so this is kind of like their moment to be a bit sparkly and taking it up the octave kind of gives that. Mm. It's not too chaotic, but it gives it the the power that it needs in this moment. Usually this phrase is kind of more like a relief, like, oh, thank goodness, the flag is still there. <laughs> um, but, you know, with these, it's like a triumphant, like, you know, and the flag. It's there, y'all. It's there. Go look at it. <laughs> All right, we're coming into the home stretch of the national anthem. Oh, say does that star spangled. Line number 13. And if you don't mind, I'd like to stay for a second with Lady Gaga, but go back to her 2016 Super Bowl performance. That was that was wild. I kind of love that one. That one gets me. It's good. It's like you can hear the glitter on the star. Yes. Stars. Yeah, it's so triumphant. <laughs> it's, I feel like I, I have to like pump my fist in the air when it's like does <laughs> bang. <laughs> it's, it's very fun. <laughs> Charlie, can we go to the Fergie tape of this moment? Oh, say, does that star spangle? <laughs> Oh, it's tough. There are several times throughout all the anthems where I just keep asking myself, like, Fergie, girl, what are you doing? (laughs) And this is definitely the top (laughs) of that list. This is the only time Fergie, I think, gets in our top three of, like, diva score. Because as we said before, she's mostly trying to sing the melody. But this is where she really lets loose. This is her moment of embellishment. Oh, my God. And I agree with Jan's assessment. I think this is also the moment where some of the uh, NBA players start to, uh, you know, visibly have a hard time uh, not (laughs) laughing (laughs) while while standing on the the court uh, during this performance. All right, let's take this to the end. We've got line 14, banner yet wave. Which has, I should say, built-in melisma because... Over the word yet, we have multiple pitches. Yet, wave. Over over yet and wave. So let's see what they do with it. Let's go to Kelly Clarkson at the World Series in 2010. Michelle, why did you choose uh, Kelly Clarkson as your critic's pick? Not the most diva, but one of your favorite performances. Yeah, I just, I mean... She has three or four performances in our data set, tends to be pretty similar to herself and pretty low on the diva score spectrum. But I feel like this moment is her like, you know, showcasing her amazingly strong voice and like taking that up an octave and holding that note out strong. So I always like some of that. Your top picks here we've seen before. Shaka Khan gives a great performance. Both Kelly Clarkson and Shaka Khan are, are, are showing us different ways that the banner can wave. Like, yeah. I feel like uh, in Kelly Clarkson's example, it's a quick wind, you know, like a snappy little wave on the uh, on the flag. And Shaka Khan's flag is flying everywhere. It's like it's been blown yep. off. Yep. <laughs> Superstorm. Uh, you also chose as a as a critic's pick here, Christina Aguilera's Super Bowl performance 2011. Is this a happy medium for you all between Shaka Khan and Kelly Clarkson? It's a lot. (laughs) Personally, I feel like the vibe she's giving is like, this is after she'd messed up the words and like maybe probably knew it or something. I feel like there's a little bit of overcompensation Uh. (laughs) of like, I gotta like get back on track. But also it's cool. Like it's definitely in between the Shaka Khan and the the Kelly Clarkson. But she's trying to take it home. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Unlike the beginning where things are maybe a little more calm and steady, the final two lines, uh, people just completely let, let loose. loose. So let's go to line 15, or the land of the free. 
And one of the most diva performances, according to your database, is Renee Fleming, mm. an opera singer, performing at Super Bowl 2014. Woo! What's really cool with her and kind of other classically or Broadway trained singers is, is in that pitch line, you'll see the vibrato, you know, and sometimes the uh, the vibrato is kind of spread out. It's like a wide kind of uh, undulating line. Mm. But when you get to these classical singers, it just becomes like a tightly wound coil. Hmm. Mm. So there's a lot of control of the vibrato. I feel like it's the appropriate thing to do. The, the 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 flag is waving. We're feeling free. I also like listening to this one because you can hear Renee Fleming using the same upward jump that Whitney Houston introduced in her Super mm -hmm. Bowl performance, "Land of the Free." That little mm. additional, you know, pageantry there. Which is cool because she's doing this classical version, but she's still referencing like this iconic pop rendition. So I just like the hearing the meeting of uh, those those worlds there. Love oh, that. Interesting. Opera meets Whitney Houston, and it, it, it's deviating from the traditional performance, but it's actually adhering to another iconic one. This is the opportunity where you can let freedom ring. I th on the top of your diva score here, we have Nicole Scherzinger at the World Series in 2019. For the love. Yep, that checks out. She does the Whitney bump and then some. Bump and then one more bump, yeah. It's really cool <laughs> on the chart to see the, you can see most people stay at the prescribed pitch at one octave. Then a lot of people do that Whitney jump up on free. I feel like that's a very well-known deviation. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I think Nicole might stand alone doing that third bump. Hmm. All right, we've arrived. Line 16 and the home of the brave. Jan, why don't you just explain here, like, what, what goes on at the end? So this is the huge climax of the whole song. You know, the final phrase, um, a lot of times it's accompanied by big trumpets and drums or, like, even a jet flyover, fireworks. This is where the divas bring it. <laughs> All right. I feel like there, this is, there's so many deviations that happen here. There's no one that could be the most deviating. Uh, can we all just choose one favorite performance? Uh, I'll begin with Mariah Carey at the Super Bowl 2002. Mm. Goosebumps. Wow. Beautiful. Michelle, what do you got? Um, I think the one I keep, I gravitate towards in our top, like, diva scores for this one is Alicia Keys. I forget where she's performing it. It's, I think, Super Bowl 2013. She really just mm. milks it. <laughs> Living in a home. Also singing up high in the key of G. Uh, Jan, bring us home. We haven't mentioned uh, this performer yet, but Gladys Knight, classic diva, um, and she brings it on this one. Mm. Gladys Knight, Super Bowl 2019. And the whole Wow. Dr. Sloan, final performance. We've heard a little bit of this one already, but uh, I was pretty blown away by 
Patty LaBelle's finale from the 2008 World Series. Like, if I could sing like that, that's how I would sing the end of this anthem, I think. (laughs) Yeah, you got to milk it. I love at the end there, the pitch is so high and screaming that the AI auto separation technology cannot determine it from the background cheers and uh, starts to fade out an artifact. Uh, It's just so powerful. Wow. What a time. Okay, so we have gone through all 16 lines. Mm. I, there's definitely been a handful of folks that we, we keep hearing a lot of. We have the Patti Bells, obviously Shaka Khan. Anthony Hamilton, mm-hmm. Lady Gaga, Beyonce. People who we might call divas in their own right. I want to just look at a couple of key takeaways here. Michelle, say someone's being asked to sing the national anthem at an event. We now have all this data to suggest uh, how you might want to perform that piece. At what location is it okay to be the most over the top in your performance? Yeah, so we we separated these events into some categories. There's obviously sporting event things like the Super Bowl or the World Series, and then there's there's political events, and then I think those are the main types. We even we also split out the sports. Hmm. We found that basketball is the number one arena for high diva Mm. scores, followed very closely by football, with political events being a lot lower. And that kind of checks out. You'd expect at the inauguration for it to be like Mm -hmm. a little more restrained. But at the Super Bowl, we're all excited Mm. to hear what crazy things people are going to do. But I feel like really the NBA All-Star Game, that's where Shaka Khan, that's where Fergie, that's where Marvin Gaye performed. So... All of the ones that mm. really come to mind immediately for me as the most chaotic and experimental tend to be at those basketball games. And we have artists working in different genres. Depending on the genre that you're in, is it going to influence how you might want to sing the national anthem? Yeah, this also ended up kind of checking out with what you might intuitively think. Giving every artist in the data set a genre of sort of like what their music is, not necessarily what a genre we're deeming their performance to be. The R&B artists had the highest like average diva score among them, which is probably what I would have guessed with country singers and more like classical singers having lower diva scores on average. So Mm. that kind of checks out with just Mm. those Mm. styles Mm. of music. Right. Classical country, more conservative approaches to singing the national anthem, R&B, pop, uh, more creative. I love doing this microscopic breakdown of the way that singers put their own spin on the anthem. Because when you think about this piece of music i mean in in some ways it's kind of weird like you go to a big sporting (laughs) event and you might think that everyone in the audience would sing the anthem together but that's not how we do it here in the united states we give it to one Mm. person we give them this very hard Mm. song to sing and we cheer when they do well and we boo them sometimes when they don't (laughs) and it's, a, it's probably reflective of, like, the very individualistic ethos that, you know, un- undergirds the, the founding of this country, for better or worse. Mm. But what I like about this study is when you explore and celebrate and dissect how each singer puts their own special interpretation on this piece, it makes me appreciate it a little bit more because... Mm. It's like, in some ways, it's, it's, it, you, you could interpret it as, as saying, okay, here's this anthem that we've been given. It has all these issues. It's militaristic. In later verses, it's like downright racist. It, it, it's not, I don't know, it's not what I would pick probably as a national anthem. But when these singers do it in their own way and put their own spin on it, it's, like, it's almost like saying, like, I am going to claim this. I'm going to m- make it into something that I can be proud of. And like, that's kind of a nice way to think about this country because it's messed up in so many ways. But you you can step back and you can say, this is the the America that I envision, that I want to see. And I'm giving it to you Mm. in this performance with all of my melismas and sauce and sometimes (laughs) flat notes, but it's all there. And that's, I think that's beautiful. Okay, I'm going to step off my soapbox now. (laughs) I think that's beautiful and perfect. (laughs) I love how you articulated that. Yeah, it's really just like... uh, canvas for so much 
potential creativity. Like it's a hard song to sing, but it's also like we've heard it so many times. So the challenge of trying to like bring your personality or originality or even like your worldview or your like hopes for the world Mm. into the song is like it's very like ripe for that. Wow. Michelle and Jen, thank you so much for doing this enormous study to help us realize that, yes, Shaka Khan is the number one diva, but Mm -hmm. there are so many diva ways of approaching this performance line by line. If you want to go and hear all of these performances and more, literally like every single line split up by phrase with visuals about how much it deviates, you should head over to pudding.cool. And you can hear all these performances line by line. It's so much fun. Thank you, Michelle and Jan, for this deep dive into the Star Spangled Banner, our national anthem. It's been a blast. Thanks so much for having us. This was really fun to go deep on together. Living in the home of the brave. (laughs) (laughs) This episode of Switched on Pop was made by me, Charlie Harding. The show's producer is Rihanna Cruz, edited by Art Chung, illustrations by Iris Gottlieb, engineering by Brandon McFarlane. Community management by Abby Barr and Nishat Kurwa is our executive producer, a member of the Vox Media Podcast Network and a production of Vulture, which is part of New York Magazine, which you can subscribe to at newyorkmag.com slash pod. Thanks again to Jan and Michelle from The Pudding for joining us today. Uh, find us on social media at Switched on Pop and tell us what your favorite, weirdest, most surprising national anthem performances are. Is it when Michael Bolton has the lyrics written on his hand and has to pause and look down mid-anthem and the entire audience starts booing him? Or is it perhaps when Whitney Houston hits the the final home of the brave as the uh, arrangement by the legendary Ricky Minor beneath her moves up by whole steps back to the tonic and fighter jets fly overhead? Sorry, I'm getting carried away. But we want to know, And while we're on the topic of extra, I I want you to check out our Switch and Pop newsletter. Go to the website, switchandpop.com. Go to the show notes. You can register there and we will burst into your, the air of your inbox. You see what I did there, Charlie? With additional (laughs) musicological insights from from the week, the, the, the music that our team is listening to. It's a lot of fun. It's a great read. And it's, and it's just once a week. It's not too much. So, uh, yeah, newsletter. All right. We'll be back next Tuesday. And until then, thanks, thanks for, listening. for listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.